Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. We are officially one day away from real preseason football. I don't even count the Hall of Fame game because, you know, it's one game and then you got to wait a whole week, but we got a whole slate of games coming at you tomorrow. But tonight, we're talking fantasy football. My two good buddies, Pat Cotter and Jake Meyer. Hi, gentlemen. How are we doing this evening? All good. No complaints over here. Like you said, one day away from football. What can be better? Oh, man. It's exciting, man. I'm ready to see some of these guys, some of the rookies show their stuff and uh, see what veterans can do well this year, you know? Yep. Uh, So it's been announced that Andrew Luck will start tomorrow. Are we excited about Andrew Luck seeing the football field for the first time in a while? I'll be honest, I am, because I have him in our Dynasty League that we just started this year. Took a big risk on him, but I got him in a later round, so I guess it wasn't as big a risk as you could take, and he could be my quarterback for the next 10 years. So I'm hoping he has some zip on the ball, and uh, I can see a big future with him. That's what I'm hoping to see. Pat. I've seen lately in mock drafts where I can get Andrew Luck in the sixth round, and I'm, I'm comfortable taking him there because when it comes back around to me, I'm not sure I'm going to get him in the seventh round. I guess what round would you be comfortable getting Andrew Luck at this point? Sixth round sounds about like right the, his right kind of value. It's kind of when I always kind of just go with the strategy if I don't really care for any of the running backs or wide receivers at the spot. That's usually when I'll kind of take a tight end or a a quarterback. If there's, you know, any applicable remaining, I'm not one that usually kind of goes in targeting him, but sixth round sounds a good value. But where do you think if he stays on this path of, you know, playing every preseason game and looking at least, you know, like he has it or has a strength back, where do you think he'll end up going? I I think that it, probably caps out around round six or seven just because especially for guys like us we're we're used to drafting quarterbacks a little bit later and that's our strategy but if you remember right at the beginning of the summer when we didn't know what his shoulder was like we still saw him going in rounds nine and ten I don't see him creeping up more than six but honestly in some leagues I could definitely see him going in round five I don't know. Do you guys agree with that? Do you think in some leagues we could see Andrew Luck? Just talking one quarterback league, not two, but do you think we could see Andrew Luck creeping up into round five at all? Yeah, I definitely think we can see him creeping up into round five, especially if he has a preseason game where he goes like eight for nine with two touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, I definitely think the hype will rise very quickly, and honestly, a lot of people will pin him as a, you know, number four or five quarterback rather than the eight or nine that he's pinned at right now yeah sounds like we're all optimistic about Andrew Luck and we should be hopefully uh, based on the news that's seems to be coming out of Colts camp everything looks good but let's keep this show on the road I want to introduce kind of what we're getting into tonight so we're going to start off the show I have a trivia or a poll question that I posted on Twitter uh, just today it didn't get too too many results but it is very interesting and I did it, it was basically two mock drafts that I did and I took two very different strategies in these two mock drafts so I want to get you guys opinions on which roster you like better of the two we're going to do a, a new segment tonight it's called our fantasy round we actually have two segments tonight one's called our fantasy our fantasy round table Pat put me under the under some pressure to to be more creative and come up with some better segment titles and I think that's a great idea so we have like I said two segments tonight the first one 
fantasy roundtable. And what we're going to do there is we're just going to, um, we have one listener in particular who reached out to me and he's new to fantasy and he has some just very basic questions about strategy. He's in in a 10 man PPR league. It's three receivers and a flex. So we're going to just kind of dive into some very basic strategy. He wanted to know what would be an ideal drafting position. We'll talk about that a little bit. Then we'll get into uh, the league news and notes. So we have some stuff to talk about, particularly one thing we need to focus on is Carson Wentz. I want to know if you guys are starting to get a little bit worried about Carson Wentz, the fact that he might miss all of this, all of uh, the preseason now. And we're hoping that he can be ready for week one, keeping our fingers crossed there. We'll talk about that. And then we will get into our main segment, and we're calling that the Fantasy Courtroom. That's right, folks. We're laying down the gavel tonight, and we are going to talk about four guys in particular who their ADP, we're we're not sure about it. We're we're on the fence a little bit. One of these guys, Pat and Jake, they're going to argue one for uh, that that player's current ADP and one against it. So um, these are four guys that I had picked out that I thought that most people would be kind of on the fence about or, or really wondering about, and they're all running backs tonight. So we'll focus on more positions down the road. Hopefully my good looks will win over the jury. Yes, we will. Well, I'll, I'll be a very objective, uh, judge, hopefully, hopefully, um, and then we have one more section. I think I did write something else down in the notes. What were we going to look at last there, guys? We were going to take a look at... I was just going to take a look at one more guy apiece from each of us um, that we don't think we're going to have any shares of when we're drafting this year based on their current ADP. So let's jump into this, the Twitter poll that I posted earlier today. Let me pull it up here. I had just completed two mock drafts earlier. They were both 12-man PPR, and I was drafting from the sixth spot in both drafts. The first one I went running, I went wide receiver heavy at the top. So three of my first five picks were wide, three of my first four picks were wide receivers. And the second one I went running back heavy. Three of my first five picks were running backs. So I want to ask you guys, Jake, I'll start with you and then Pat, I'll get your opinion on this. Which one of these teams did you like better? And I'll read them off to you really quick. The wide receiver group, I went. DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, then Travis Kelsey, and then Josh Gordon. So as I mentioned, three of the first four wide receivers. My running backs ended up being, I just loaded up after that, Ronald Jones, Marlon Mack, Duke Johnson, Aaron Jones, Gio Bernard, and then I added Drew Brees and Kenny Stills. And then the other one where I went more running back heavy, are you guys still following following me here? I know it's a lot to digest. Okay. The other one where I went more running back heavy was David Johnson and Christian McCaffrey with my first two picks. And then I went Aaron Rodgers. And then I loaded up on receivers. So basically just the inverse. And I kind of just wanted to test out these two, you know, strategies or models. Uh, I took Golden Tate, Michael Crabtree, Julian Edelman, Marquise Goodwin, Mike Williams, and Michael Gallup as my receivers. I ended up getting Njoku as, as my tight end. Uh, my other running backs were Lamar Miller in the fifth round and Gio Bernard. So of those two, Jake, what do you prefer if you if if you were going to go with one of those two strategies, which of those two rosters looks better to you on paper? In a P, in a PPR you know, league, let's keep that in mind. Right, PPR league big factor. Um, you know, you always ask yourself, this is always the million dollar question in fantasy. What is the draft strategy that I'm going to win and take first place? I'm thinking in a PPR league, 
with three wide receiver spots plus a flex, I like the three wide receivers first, and I like that construction of the team you had. There well, so this one, I'm sorry, this one was just I'm, I'm just playing it as a, a two receiver and a flex, just like just like your league. Okay, if you're just playing does a two that, receiver and a flex, does I'm that change it at all? Or? No, I'm still going three wide receivers because I like that solid, solid flex position you have there. Okay, that's actually uh, that's the way I think I would lean too, Pat. What do you say? Do you like that DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green tandem at the top of the, the draft or the David Johnson-McCaffrey tandem more? You know, I'm, I feel the exact opposite. I don't think this is even close. I really am a guy who likes to have a strong running back core, at least one. And having McCaffrey and, who'd you say, DJ? Uh, yes. Dude, having those two guys, right, as your, as your two studs, get you points every week that I couldn't pass that up, man. And then you have Golden Tate there as your, as your, your top wide receiver that I still feel really good about him. The thing for me with this strategy is I feel like the, the second group of wide receivers, you know, you're starting with your like Fitzies, your both the Vikings receivers, both the Lions receivers, the, both the Browns receivers. I feel, I feel a lot more confident in that group of people then the then the running backs you're going to get in that area the you know the Ronald uh, Jones, the Lamar Miller guys you know I just I feel a lot better about having those those later round mid or mid round wide receivers than the running backs so I, I like I that, would agree. the running back strategy better I would agree with that I figured you would you might say that because I know you like that balanced roster a little bit more uh, let's take a look actually at that kind of third tier though so like if you're getting a little bit farther down sixth seventh round. Who do you like better, the the wide receivers there or the running backs? And I'll read some of them off to you. The receivers I was able to get, Michael Crabtree, Julian Edelman, Marquise Goodwin, as opposed to, let's say, Marlon Mack, Duke Johnson, uh, Aaron Jones, Tariq Cohen. Of those kind of groups, which one do you prefer, Pat? Do you think? Do you oh, think that? Do you think still those easily the wide receivers, man? The wide receivers. That, that, okay. The wide receiver. I would group, agree like, there. It plateaus so early for the wide receivers, like that. It just there's so much value, like even late in the draft with some of these guys, like Goodwin, like he's a guy that could easily jump up there and be like a Tate, you know, or a you know a top twenty wide receiver, and you're getting him, you know, eighth round. So. Whereas you know, a lot of these running backs going in the eighth round, you're not they're they're not going to be a top, tw- they're you know they're not going to be top guys, unless something crazy happens. It's just I feel like I feel a lot safer with these later run wide receivers than than the running backs. That's why I'd rather load up early on running back if I can, or at least get one of these guys. My my right now something I'm, we're facing in my in a uh, in um, our draft is I'm just scared I'm going to have to take two wide receivers early because and then just be screwed at the running back. So. Yeah, you know, it's um, yeah. And and that's something to think of. Okay, so just, you know, recapping these two strategies, if you I think I think to your point, Pat, to to kind of point this out and harp on this a little bit, I think you're right. I think there's more receivers in rounds seven through 10 or 11 who have the opportunity who you're drafting as a, a wide receiver three. Marquise Goodwin was one that we pinpointed the other night put under the microscope and talked about in the same exact manner that you're going to draft as a wide receiver three, but they can return wide receiver two value. There aren't as many running backs. I think Gio Bernard is one of those guys in in round 
I think 10 you can get him, that he has a chance to return top 25 or top 30 running back value in a PPR league, certainly. But you're right. I think it becomes a little bit more thin. All right, guys, are we ready to sit down at the fantasy roundtable? Yes? I'm ready. Let's get this going. Gosh, that was such a delayed, lame response there. Is Jake even still with us? I think we lost him. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wasn't oh, yeah. sure. I, thought, I, was, I was scared I was, for you. I thought you got eaten by wolves. I thought I maybe busy, he fell asleep. No, I was busy picking the right seat at the round table. I didn't want to pick the wrong one. Oh, that's right. Are we gonna? Are you we gonna? The old spicy. Are we gonna have to unfold the dinner table again this season, Jake? Is that something that's gonna happen? The dinner table might be brought back. We're in the works of uh, working out a contract and seeing what deals we can make to bring that back. Can we maybe construct? Can we maybe construct like a new dinner table this year? I felt like the low and last year was flimsy. Maybe your dad could like, you know, we could work on something at SBC or something like that. We'll, we'll hit up the wood shop and make one that's uh, very <laughs> strong this year. Okay. All right. Cool. That's what I like to hear. All right. For those so the listeners who might not remember what was the uh, what was the dinner table? The one the listeners knew the new listeners this year. What was the uh, the dinner table? The dinner table was basically uh, the hot guy of the week, the hot pickup of the week, or the guy that I thought was going to go off. You know, like a lower end tight end or a lower end wide receiver um, that I just thought was going to have a huge week. Kind of a small DFS play too. You know, if I thought like T. Y. Hilton, how he had a few big weeks, if he was going to go off, I'm like T. Y. Hilton might be your guy this week. And uh, there were a few times that I hit on it. Who was the one guy? I feel like there was one guy last year that you always invited to the dinner table. Was it Devontae Parker? It was not Devontae Parker. It was uh, who was early it? it in was... The, early in the year, uh, Safarian Jenkins got two invites oh, when he started. Right. When he was when he was good early in the year, he fell off late. And uh, Christian McCaffrey was also a dinner table invitee. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Well, let's do the the fantasy roundtable now. Um, and like I mentioned at the top of the show, our listener, uh, one of our listeners that reached out to us, he is brand new to fantasy football. He's in a 10-man PPR league. Okay, guys, so this is a quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, and a flex, and a DST and a kicker. We won't worry too much about that. Um, other, Well, I guess let's get that out of the way first. Take your DST and your kicker dead last I, I right guys kicker in the last round dst yeah, in the second league. last round yeah 100 i'm in both last round no doubt okay who which last which and second last if we're giving him advice on maybe a dst to target i i would think the rams the jaguars are maybe the top two at this point yeah you're not going to get them unless you if you're in any of those leagues you're not going to get them unless you take them Probably you know, around early, nine or ten. Yeah, don't yeah, do that. I if I do... were him, I'd I'd look at the first four games of the year, and if they can't, if you can't get a top tier defense, take a defense that has an easy first four games, and then play the yeah. waiver wire totally after that, making pickups each week until you can find a hot defense. Okay, that's that's good. That's good. All right, so we got that out of the way. Um, it's interesting because this is a 10-man PPR with three receivers and a flex. So we're obviously going to want him, we're going to advise him to focus on wide receiver heavy here, correct? Um, maybe not, you know, if you want to go, I, I would probably think that three of your first four picks, if, if you go wide receiver, I don't think that's a terrible strategy in this format. Um, 
chime in here, guys. What What is your opinion on this with that many receivers in play? With that many receivers in play, it depends on what pick you have here as far as your positioning goes. If you have a top five pick, I would like to get one of those uh, top tier running backs, whether it's Zeke, DJ, Le'Veon Bell, or Gurley. And then I'd hit it with three wide receivers back to back to back. Uh, I think you'll put your team in pretty good pretty good position there to stay in the top tier of the league all year. Okay, would you take uh, Antonio Brown inside the top five, like with one of the first four picks, would you take him in a PPR league? In that position, I would take with three wide receivers. That may be a way to get a good guy, or you could get your one running back and then go three receivers. In this situation, I would take Antonio Brown fifth. Okay, I agree with that. I think I think in especially in a ten man league, you got to find some way to differentiate yourself from all the rest of the teams. And having one of those stud running backs to, to lead off your squad, it's a good way to you know kind of just because all these teams are going to be super teams. Every team in a ten man league is just you got all the best players. You know, it's easy. It's all it's easy for a lot of like people to just kind of be pretty even. So you got to find a guy that's going to make your team different and put you over the top. So Pat. You're leaning more towards that balance, more of a balanced strategy, kind of like you always do. No, no, I, I like Jake's idea. If you can go running back first, if you, if like, if you're in the top half, and, you, and I think thinking of draft position, I think I would want to have one of those top four picks, honestly, so I could get one of those, you know, top running backs, and then go wide receiver, wide receiver, if I could, you know, and then maybe in the next round, around. And speaking of, um, I think this is this actually makes quarterback and tight end more valuable because, you know, once you get out, once you get past those top two, three uh, tight ends, the top five quarterbacks, it kind of levels out. So having a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Gronk or, or uh, Ertz really can make your team a lot, that much more competitive. Okay. Um, so I, I guess uh, let's say you go David Johnson and then, T.Y. Hilton or Mike Evans, or let's say Mike Evans, and then you come back around the third round and get Stefan Diggs, uh, we would we would applaud that that start, oh, yeah. right? Yep. Okay. All right, cool. I mean, are you waiting on quarterback any longer? You said you, you think the value is driven up on quarterback and tight end, so you're kind of staying on pat on your guys. strategy? On those premium guys. Like, on like a guy like Aaron Rodgers or, or Gronk. Like those guys are huge in those smaller leagues. Because, you know, everybody has a, you know, top 10 quarterback and a top 10 tight end. So if you can have the best guy, and it, differentiate makes, it, it just yourself. kind of it differentiates you a lot more than normal. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'd honestly, I'd start looking at a guy like Aaron Rodgers mid-third, I think. And that's even that's saying some just because how, you know, how few picks there are in each round. Yeah, is like Russell Wilson in the fifth still okay? I mean, I would maybe even start thinking fourth, but he's still, he's also driven to, yeah, fifth, early fifth, I'd think. Okay. Um, any, okay, what, what else? But if you guys want to spitball at all here, any any other pointers that you'd like to give to our listener for, you know, uh, strategy, whether it's basic or more advanced, um, anything else that we're missing here? I might also... Um not to dominate this kind of talk here, but I might also go for some more upside guys. Like this would be a league. I might really, really want to get a guy like Corey Davis over 
you know, that Michael Crabtree talking about how our conversation last week, just because again, Corey Davis, if he could all, he could be a top five wide receiver this season and, you know, really get you a lot more if than you, what Crabtree could and being like a guy that's going to just play every once in a while on your super team. Yeah. And you feel like you can get more, you can get safer guys more often, right? Mm-hmm. In, a, in a 10 man. Yeah. I those guys are going to be on the waiver wire. Cause it's just the waiver wires packed in a 10 man team in a 10 man league. Yeah. Unless obviously, unless your benches are crazy, crazy huge. Yeah. Um, okay. Jake, any, anything else you want to add to this? You can say no. Yeah, just, I just oh, go ahead. No, no, just one little tidbit. Uh, don't try and draft the quarterback and the running back from the same team. It just you end up running into problems a lot of times. Your team, oh, you how know, would that, how would you know that? Man. Correct. I found that out hard way last year. <laughs> I tra- I had Matt Ryan in my team, and I traded for Devontae Freeman because I thought it was a good trade. <laughs> Couldn't and, pass it up. Well, and you had Julio. Julio. And you had Julio. Julio, but I'm not against a QB wide receiver combo. No, I think no. that's a good idea. But a QB running back combo is normally doesn't pan out for you. Well, in, yeah, it depends. I think I think you having all I, three is pretty tough. Yeah, all three is a death sentence. Okay, that's fair. Well, unless it's maybe Ben, AB, and Bell. Is that, that's an outlier, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's fair. Outlier. But if they have an off game, and even then, yeah, they have a they have a bad week, and you're you're pretty much losing that week, guaranteed. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. All right, especially playoff times, man. Like they have you. If Ben puts up a shit storm, you know, week fourteen, you're out of the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, just because that one time, that one mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. Um. Again, see if you can. You might want to, like these guys said at the beginning of this draft, if you have one of the first four picks, um, go out and get one of those stud running backs, and then you can go receiver, receiver. I wouldn't draft anybody but Aaron Rodgers in the first four rounds, in my opinion, and I wouldn't draft anybody but but Gronk and Kelsey in the first four rounds either. Um, even Ertz, I, I'm not comfortable taking Ertz in the fourth. I know he's going in the fourth. I would much rather have him in the fifth, which is probably why I'm not going to get any shares of Zach Ertz. And again, I think like we talked about in uh, at the top of the show, this is another great example where you can load up on wide receiver value in the sixth, seventh, and eighth rounds, and you can be, look, you can use some of those guys. You can use Michael Crabtree, Corey Davis, Marquise Goodwin, and feel pretty good about them as your third wide receiver or your flex play. So, uh, you know, even though you're you're probably going to look at your roster and you're new to fantasy, so you're looking at your roster and think, oh, wow, like I got to get a bunch of receivers, but uh, the, the strategy still remains the same or, or the outlook still remains the same as that there are a lot of safe not just safe, I think very good fantasy options at the receiver position in the middle rounds. On to the league news and notes. Let's uh, We'll talk about Carson Wentz in a minute, but I want to start at the top here. I'm looking at some of the older stuff. Um, well, not just older stuff, but but things that we've, we've talked about that have happened since Sunday when we last podcasted. Looking at the Jets quarterback situation, it was originally reported that Sam Darnold had a fair shot to be the week one starter for the Jets, but a later report actually stated that Josh McCown still has a solid grip on the job. So I would bet McCown is still going to be the starter there. We don't expect the Jets offense to be very good. I am still feeling pretty good about Robbie Anderson, though. I know Pat isn't quite as high on Robbie Anderson as I am. Um, He's the one guy that I would want to own on the Jets offense. And 
maybe Isaiah Crowell. <laughs> uh, Blake Bortles says he is pain-free for the first time since 2016. Zach Ertz has missed three straight practices. Are we getting worried about Zach Ertz, guys? Jake, are we getting worried about Zach Ertz? I don't think so. I think it's they're just being cautious right now. Um, I mean, I think he's still going to be a top-tier tight end, top three or four by the end of the season. I would draft him accordingly. Okay. Uh, it's being reported that the Bucks plan to start Chris Godwin opposite Mike Evans this year. I love this. Deshaun That's Jackson. exciting. Yeah, it is. Deshaun Jackson has been working from the slot a lot more. Jake, and you're, I think, and you're I, the Bucks guy here. Do you have any insight on this? Well, I'm happy as a Bucks fan that we're putting Jackson in the slot. I think he can be, don't get me wrong, he's a straight burner, but I think he also is quick enough to play in the slot, and I think he's going to be, I think Deshaun Jackson might put up better numbers than last year, and I also think Godwin's going to excel this year from the outside because that's where he played at Penn State a lot of the times. Yeah, uh, we saw him... We've watched a lot of Penn State, and we know what kind of a playmaker he is, uh, especially late in the season, the Big Ten Championship against Wisconsin that year. He played; he just played outstanding down the stretch in the Rose Bowl, too. I think he went over 100 yards. I'm digging deep here, but just, uh, just to let people know, I don't know if a lot of people really know a ton about Chris Godwin. Um, he's not doesn't currently have an ADP. He's not being drafted. So... I mean, I guess with this news, like Pat, or would you take Godwin over, like Godwin or any of the Jaguars receivers? I think I'm still taking Marquise Lee over uh, over Godwin. What about Maybe. Westbrook or Keely Cole? The, the other two are the other two are pretty close. They're right around the same range. Okay. I think I, see, I, I like Godwin better though. I'm actually. Yeah, I'm actually ranking Keelan Cole the highest. This is a totally different subject, but I'm ranking Keelan Cole the highest of the Jags receivers because of what I've heard that he's looking like their number one. I've heard, I hear he's just, he looks amazing, um, yeah. which is which is cool. But it's uh, still early in camp, though. So yeah, know, things go. Jake, are you drafting Mike or Chris Godwin or Michael Gallup? Nah, Mike Gallup. He's sounding like he's going to be the number two guy there in Dallas and. I just think he has more potential to tear it up. Uh, Chris Godwin's not going to be the number one receiver in Tampa, no matter what, with Mike Evans there. Gallup does honestly have a chance to be the number one receiver in Dallas over Hearns, but time will tell on that, but I'll take my chances with Gallup. Speaking of the Cowboys receiving core, we heard Dak Prescott say today that Cole Beasley is still his guy, his number one guy. Is there any reason to get excited about Cole Beasley? I would think more so in a PPR league, but... Are we drafting him at all? Maybe he's got nothing to forget about. Yeah, Jake. I wouldn't anything draft, to add No, to no, I wouldn't okay. draft him over. I mean, I think we the think those other guys like maybe five balls a game. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a guy that you should be drafting. But keep him on your radar because this he's a spot wide star. receiver core is still. Still wide open. Who knows? Cole Beasley, since he has a command of that offense, could just be go in there. Maybe Hearns takes a while to learn the playbook, and Gallup's, you know, got stars in his eyes first, you know, first couple weeks out, and Beasley solidifies himself. So I would keep an eye on him. He he breaks out week one. He'd be a guy I'd be looking to add. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's been reported that Deion Kane has been the big star of Colts camp. So. I'm also hearing that Ryan Grant is the clear number two 
receiver behind T.Y. Hilton. Pat, we talked about this a few shows ago. The, the, the Kind of what we're expecting to see, or what we're hoping to see, is a number two receiver in Indianapolis emerge because we think he could have decent fantasy value, at least as a flex play. So I'm, I think I'm personally starting to get excited about Ryan Grant. I've heard good things about Chester Rogers in the slot. Deion Kane has emerged, and we know he was a big recruit coming out of Clemson, but things didn't really go too well for him in college. But he has all the talent in the world from what I've heard. So I don't know, guys. Pat, I'll start with you. And then, Jake, if you want to chime in here too, are we looking at any Colts receivers? And if so, which one right now are you maybe getting the most excited about outside of T.Y. Hilton? You know, I actually, this is a good question because I just picked up, uh, I just picked up Ryan Grant in our Dynasty League, dropped uh, Zay Jones for him. And I, you know, I don't think that they're really right now on the redraft spectrum, maybe right at the end of your draft if you're in a deep, deep league. But if we keep, if one of these guys starts to show their, their stuff in preseason games and looks good, they could be a sneaky pickup and a good, a sneaky guy that is going to get you good maybe flexor, even wider two receiver two value. Yeah, I'm with you on Ryan Grant. I think that's actually a great, great pickup. Um, it's just, like I said, it's just good. it's an interesting situation because we know that Andrew Luck has been the number one quarterback in fantasy before, and if he's healthy, I think he has the chance to do it. So there's going to be somebody else there that is relevant. Jake, I actually wanted to look at the tight end position too. Do you, who do you think the big, or who do you think the leader at the tight end position is going to be? Do you think it's going to be Ebron, or do you think it's going to be Doyle? I still think Luck trusts Doyle. I think Doyle is going to be the sure-handed guy. Ebron's got all the talent, but he never showed it. And Stafford threw the ball a whole hell of a lot in Detroit, and nothing ever happened with Ebron. I'd pick Doyle over Ebron. Yeah, I think I would agree with you in a PPR league because I think Doyle has an opportunity to catch more passes than Ebron but I actually think Ebron might have a chance to catch more touchdowns um than than Doyle I don't know it's interesting lot lots happening in Indianapolis it's just great that Andrew Luck's back on the field okay Patriots waved Malcolm Mitchell um Cardinals center AQ Shipley towards ACL and is done for the year does that make us worry any about David Johnson, or is it we're still drafting him as a top five or six option, right, guys? I mean, I think it kind of solidifies him as the, you know, the fifth guy. You know, that that line was already bad, and you're going to add a new center to the mix. Not a good start. Dave, still like his ability, but I just think that kind of brings me down and makes him makes me think Zeke more than than uh, David Johnson. Jake, David Johnson or Zeke in a PPR league? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm still battling this one. Uh, Zeke's going to get the volume. It scares me. With, the only thing that scares me with David Johnson is if the Cardinals are down in games, are they going to shut him down? And is he only going to get 10, 15 carries a game once in a while? I know Zeke's going to get 25 carries a game. I mean, so Zeke's probably the more for sure option. If you want the guy that might be the number one fantasy player at the end of the year, David Johnson's your boy. If you want the guy that's going to be the number three or four, three or four player at the end of the year for sure, I'd go Zeke because uh, David Johnson. David Johnson could end up about fifteen. In a non PPR though, would you agree that Zeke is the better play than Johnson? Hundred percent. Yeah. How about if you're drafting fifth 
and it goes pretty much chalk. You get Gurley, Bell, uh, Zeke, and then, well, I guess, I guess, no, I should, I should say if you're drafting fourth, um, are you taking, like, are you, are you thinking about taking Antonio Brown or, or Hopkins over David Johnson in a PPR? In a PPR league, no doubt. Um, AB is you for sure. Go-to guy is going to be your number one receiver at the end of the year. But I, uh, it depends on how big your league is and what you think is going to get back to you again, like we talked about depth and not. You're, if you don't draft a running back in that situation, you will. the best running back coming back to you will be Joe Mixon in a 12- or 14-team league PPR. Wide receiver, you have a chance to salvage that and get a decent guy, so I'd probably go running back still. Yeah, maybe even Darius Geis. Potentially, correct. Which exactly man, not too. Yeah, excited it's such a about. wasteland once you get past Jordan Howard to me. Not yep. too excited you, you, about you that. You include Lashawn McCoy in that list too, because who knows what's going to happen with him? Yeah, sounds like a D pick right there. Guys, I am a little bit depressed. Not really depressed, but like Antonio Callaway again. I mean, this is just a bummer, right? Because this guy seemed to be clicking in Cleveland in camp. I've heard good things, and then. Bang! We come. We hear about the news that he's get, been picked up again for marijuana possession. Um, had a gun or part of a gun in the car with bullets. Uh, this can't be good. There's definitely a suspension coming after he already failed a drug test at the combine. So, um, are we dropping Antonio Callaway from our dynasty roster? Go ahead, Pat. I wouldn't say I drop him, but it's not good. I mean, if you have if you have IR spots, throw him on that. Let him see what happens, but you know, negative trend for a guy who's already in the negatives. Yeah, zero interest in a redraft league. Well, yeah, no. Did There's you have? Definitely. Did you, you have would. any before? Probably not, no, unless it's very, very deep. I didn't. He wasn't even on my rankings. Okay, Joey Bosa left practice with a foot injury, but it was reported not to be serious. And last but not definitely not least, it's expected that Carson Wentz is going to be held out of the entire preseason. So. Are Quick we... question. Yeah, go. Is uh, say Joey Bosa is uh, is healthy. Is he the number one pick in an IDP format? Oh, number one. You know, wonder one. First defensive player taken in an IDP format. Yeah, I need to look more closely at the IDP current rankings. What is he currently being? Uh, do we know what? I he's mean, I think being? he's number one. I think he's, he's the number, number one. one. And, yeah, okay. he's the number one guy. You think Watts coming off a big injury and Khalil Mack might not even play? He might get traded. Yeah, I've heard I mean, that. He, so I don't. I think Joey Bosa has to be the number one guy. Well, on the other the one of the other top guys, right, is on his same team. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Who? Oh. Gordon. Huh? Isn't it, isn't it Gordon? No. Sam Gordon. Or no. no Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram. Yeah, I'm thinking Melvin. Melvin yeah. Gordon. <laughs> Melvin, Melvin Gordon. Melvin He's Gordon's playing outside West. linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was, I knew we had to share some name with Melvin, but not Melvin. Gotcha. You know, I, I was struggling with the two there for a second. All right, guys, let's do our fantasy courtroom. Were we ready for this thing? Oh, bang, bang, bang. Excited. Gavel out. Let's do I've it. I've heard you these since I heard about it. All righty. I'm going to have to come up with some uh, like a voiceover, some sort of, you know, like a tone for this, like where there's like a gavel banging or something, you know, like the footballers do Pat, where they have like voiceovers for this, for these kind yeah. of segments might have to, might have to get on that eventually. 
Yeah, you need to, I mean, I feel like that's something we can get into whenever we get more into regular season and develop some kind of habits. Yeah, for sure. But. It's easier to, we will have a lot more regular segments uh, in the regular season. Oh, yeah, especially. You know, once, and then once the we can just starts. build from those. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I, I mentioned this. Uh, we have four guys, okay? I laid four guys out for Jake and Pat. They're going to argue on either side of it, and I'm going to determine the winner. So the way we're doing this is um, these four guys, based on their ADP, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I tried to pick four guys who we think are um, maybe a little bit shaky at their current ADP or people are unsure about these players most of all. So the first guy— Can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah, of course. What is the prize for winning this? (laughs) The prize? Um uh can i get you back to you on that next episode yeah no, i'm gonna have sponsors. to get back yeah you put me on the spot let me get back to you on that okay um i'll do it for pride all right man i have a good one but i'm let me think about it a little bit more for some reason every time there's a bet Dwayne pops into my head i don't know yep. why like something with Dwayne, just because it, it's so much fun to pick on him anyway Number one guy that I picked out was Alvin Kamara. He is going sixth overall uh, in ADP PPR format. So, which way? Who's who's the uh, prosecutor here? Who is who is feeling like um, he is he should not be going at his current ADP? That is me. Way okay. too high. All right, Jake. Let's hear it. Give us your reasons why you, why you think that he that Alvin Kamara is going way too high at sixth overall. The reason being. Kamara's going too high. Not that he isn't a great player, because he is. But we're talking about a guy that's going to be, after four games, in my personal opinion, is going to be split in that backfield. He might not even be on the field for the first and second down of drives. Heck, he might not even see a full couple drives with when once Ingram is back there. I just can't take a guy at six overall that's not going to be on the field 75% of the time. I would take DeAndre Hopkins and Odo Beckham over him and possibly even Saquon Barkley. So I'd move him down about four or five spots. And when you're talking first round, you know, that's a lot of, that's, I mean, he's being overdrafted in my opinion. So you'd uh, be much more comfortable taking him in possibly the double digits. In po- ninth round or ten. 10. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think that's not a bad argument because we've talked about, the first four games, I would expect that Alvin Kamara is going to see 15-plus touches. But if we go back to last year when Mark Ingram was on the field, to your point, Jake, we have only seen him around like that 12-touch-per-game mark. And Correct. he's probably going to regress to that. I'm a little bit worried that this guy's going to get banged up too, wouldn't you say? No doubt about it. Plus, also, you got to remember how many big plays he made last year. I mean, he made big play after big play after big play. Chances of that happen again are very slim. Right, and the other thing that I'll just add on to that is the fact that he's in his second year, and teams now have tape on him. So these big, big plays that he's been making, they're going to be able to game plan against that a little bit and be prepared for it. Like you know, unlike a year ago, when all of a sudden this guy just burst on the scene in week three or four or five, whatever it was, it was took, took him a couple games once they finally had AP out of the picture. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that, and I, th- I think all those points are valid. 
Pat, what about the other end of this thing, the other end of the spectrum? How do you feel about Alvin Kamara at sixth overall? Are you liking it? Man, Jake, I really hope what you're saying is comes true because if I can get Alvin Kamara at 10, who man, that has the makings of an amazing fantasy team. This guy is a stud, a, a stud. Did you see him last year? He was all over. He was all over the field, making people miss. Can he do? This guy will catch so many passes this year. He's not. He's going to be a focal part of that offense. I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to do some like two wide receiver, wide like two running back sets, maybe you know in the shotgun, or try to get this guy in the slot, move him around the field. Get him the ball any way you can. I, I, I'm a Mark Ingram truther, and I have been for the past few years. But Kamara is a different type of talent. These guys both can really have a good year like we saw last year. Even if they regress a little bit, coming down maybe to like maybe Mark Ingram being a 15th backer and Kamara being, you know, top five, almost six, seven, that's still – I'm still taking that every single day. Take it to the bank. Okay, so, Pat, you are – seriously pumped up about Alvin Kamara getting him there and you would if I like, get him a 10 man I would be ecstatic be, be jumping through the roof okay I might just sprint over to I might just sprint over to Elk County from Missouri and give everybody in front of me a kiss <laughs> so let's take a look at the that the numbers a little bit deeper here I, the thing that I'm a little bit concerned about with Alvin Kamara is I know that like I mentioned the first four games he's going to be have the backfield to himself essentially but what's a what's a realistic to carry total and I had said before that I think it's still around like 180 185 because I just don't think he gets to that 200 mark without yeah I just feel like he's gonna get banged up one if he's still gonna catch 80 passes so 300 touches I don't think is going to happen for Alvin Kamara um much like it will for Saquon Barkley much like it will for Kareem Hunt Melvin Gordon Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, a lot of those guys. I have a hard time seeing that personally. Could it happen? Sure, it, it could happen, uh, but I wouldn't bet on it. Jake, I know you're a very competitive person, and, buddy, you're going to need to step your game up if you're going to win this <laughs> thing. Because I got to give it to Pat on that one because of that just pure enthusiasm. I loved it. And I think his mic just turned off again because I can't hear. No, I had, dude, I had there just like go. candy and bells floating through my head when I heard Jake say he should go with ten, because <laughs> I, you know, I got that spot in our in our in our know it alls draft, and if I get him there, I tell you, all right, watch what? out for my team again. Okay, one nothing. Pat's got the lead. We ready to go to number two here? Oh yeah. yeah. I'll just keep spitting out facts, and the judge right. will keep dismissing them. No. Uh, Jake, I'm just going to need more enthusiasm, buddy. I'm going to need you to you get gotta bring it. Really? Jake. You got to bring it. I'm going to need you to get it pumped up about Jarek McKinnon. Second round, ninth overall is his ADP, 21st overall. Pat, I'll start with you this time. Which way are you leaning on McKinnon? I think it's pretty obvious the way I'm leaning on McKinnon. I just traded him away in our Dynasty League for Devonta Freeman, and I, I love that pick. You know, I needed some stability. In my uh, in my running back core, and Devonta Freeman can give me that. Where Jarek McKinnon, man, this guy is a question mark. We've seen this guy try and try and try to take over that backfield in Minnesota. Adrian Peterson in the front was in front of him, but man, he got injured a lot. And guys like like uh, oh, shooter, the 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 names Latavia. escaped me. Latavius Murray. No, the guy before Latavius. 
who they had. Uh, I want to say it starts with a B. God dang. Anyway, we'll continue. Yeah, there's continue some, with there's your a argument. white running back that they had. He was even starting over him, and he was I'm... a pretty good fantasy starter. So, you know, Jerry McKinnon is a guy that we've had our eye on for a long time. Everybody's saying, oh, he's so, he's so fast. He's got the spark. And this guy is a mediocre running back at best. Yeah, he might catch a lot of passes, but we don't even know if this offense is going to be any good. This whole offense is new to everybody. Who knows how they're going to be? Garoppolo could be terrible. He started off great last year, but shit, we don't we've, we haven't seen him do it over a full season. So who knows how this this offense is going to be? Let alone Jarek McKinnon. That's this guy. Is he even going to be able to stay healthy? He's a small man, and he ain't Demona Freeman. So I seriously have doubts for Jarek McKinnon, and to go that high over guys like AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans, Jordan Howard. Uh, Joe Mixon even, and I'm still leaning easy going even higher over some some other people. I just don't have the uh, the uh, the ADP above him. Who's he going above, Swan? Uh, I will take a look here. In the meantime, I want to chime in on your arguments, and I think the biggest one that you made that sticks out the most is the workload. Can he stay healthy? We haven't seen him have over 160 or 170 carries, I believe, in a season. And not to mention his average yards per carry was not that good in Minnesota last year. It, you would have thought because uh, because of he did have success. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, uh, let me see here. I'm I'm pulling it up now. Um, I want to take a look at his current ADP. Like I said, he's going near the end of the second round. Guys that he's going in front of currently. Uh, this is a, I'm looking at non PPR right now, but he's going in front of Christian McCaffrey, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Derrick Henry, LaShawn McCoy, T.Y. Hilton, Darius Geis, Aaron Rodgers, Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs. Uh, there's a lot of those guys that I would prefer over. And it's even more, it's even more egregious than Jared in PPR. I, it's bad. He's like early second in a PPR and that's just bonkers to me. Yeah, and last year he only had 3.8 yards per carry. Um, the year before, 2016, when he had 159 carries for the Vikings, he had 3.4 yards per carry. So he hasn't really even been that efficient. And we saw Dalvin Cook be very efficient in his four, first four games last year. But I digress, and I want to hear the other side of the coin because we have the person who thinks that, hey, Jerick McKinnon's fine where he's going, and he's going to be awesome in the 49ers offense with Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan and all these new toys that the Niners have brought in. So Jake, tell us why the Niners offense is going to be lights out this season and why Jarek McKinnon is going to be an integral part of that. I'll tell you why the reason is, and that is because it's Jarek McKinnon's world and we're just living in it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's basically what the 49ers are saying this year. Everything I'm hearing out of 49ers camp is, okay, Carlos Hyde left with 240 carries and 60 catches on the table. You're thinking, oh, who's going to be replacing that? Here comes Jerick McKinnon into 49er camp. Also out of 49er camp, I'm hearing his backup, Matt Breida, who was on the rise, you know, rookie catching the ball. He got 126 touches last year. And according to the 49er camp, you would think those would increase as a rookie, but they don't want to use him any more than that. It's staying at 126 touches. Also, I also heard from Kyle Shanahan saying that he regret drafted Joe Williams, the guy that they thought was going to come in and be some hot new number. He ain't any good. So they regret drafting Joe Williams. So that being said, Jerick McKinnon is going to get all the opportunity in the world. 
I think Jimmy Garoppolo, after a year being in Shanahan's offense, is going to be able to learn the offense better, and he's a great player. I think he's going to open it up for Jerick McKinnon. I think McKinnon's actually probably going to catch about 80 passes and have about probably about 220 carries. I think McKinnon's a great pick, and I love his ADP currently. Uh, I really I can see everything that you just said because of mainly the one thing that stuck out there. And if you're listening to this podcast, take this as a note: is what Carlos Hyde's leaving behind. Jake, you you nailed you you nailed it with the point that Joe Williams is not. I, I don't expect much from him. And right, I don't think we should see too too much more from Matt Breida. I think he will have his role, but I think that they're fully expecting um, Jarek McKinnon to step in. Carlos Hyde was the eighth running back in PPR last year, eleventh in non PPR. He saw 88 targets. That's got to go somewhere. It's probably going to go to Jarek McKinnon. And we have a ball game, folks. It's 1-1. I got to give that one to Jake. That was a landslide. Oh, no. Nicely done. No. Pat, you've yeah, kept... I, look. Hot take, hot take right here. Carlos Hyde is a much better running back than Jarek McKinnon is. Uh, maybe so, but we, we haven't seen it yet. Look, for our listeners out there, if you're weighing this option when you get to the end of the second round and there's Jarek McKinnon staring you right in the face and you're thinking, man, what do I do with this guy? Okay, like Pat said, we haven't seen the workload. But like Jake said, it's got to go somewhere and that offense figures to be pretty good. We're thinking it's going to be pretty good. There's a lot of upside there. The chance for him to return a ton of value is there. But Jake, you won that argument, buddy. I got to give it to you. Nice job with uh, with the numbers. Way to back it up. Pat, I still love the enthusiasm, man. Keep it up. Keep it up, guys. That was that was well done. Let's go to our third guy, though. Uh, let's check where we're at here. We're at about we're coming up on about 50 minutes. So 49 minutes. So let's uh let's keep this thing moving nice and efficiently. Let's see if we can get through our third and fourth guys here within the next maybe five or six minutes. And then we'll finish up with our segment called Not a Chance. Guys that we are definitely not. Uh, going to get any shares of this year's drafts. Number three, Darius Geis, going near the top of the fifth round, 3.5 over 3.5. He's going number 29 overall. We just talked about him when we mentioned that, hey, in a deep draft, maybe a 14-man league at the end of the second round, you might be staring at Darius Geis as a potential running back. That's why it's important to get maybe one of the first four backs because I think we have a, another split decision on Darius Geis on how we feel. So, Jake, I will let you kick this one off. Tell us your feelings about Darius Geis and what you think about his current ADP. The talent is there, man. The talent. I mean, he is just all-world. He can be uh, – the stuff I'm hearing out of Redskins camp is just unbelievable. They th- Alex Smith says he's probably one of the best running backs he's ever seen. We're talking – I'm telling you, man, this guy is going to be, I'd take him in the maybe late second round, even better than his current ADP of 29th overall. I mean, his competition is Sammy Perini, which sounds like a food. I mean, come on. He ain't that good. This Perini. guy's going to win the Perini. Samaje Perini. Samini Pagini. What is what I'm saying. Mario Man. That's what I'm saying. That's fair. I I understand. He doesn't even deserve respect as an announce the same way. That's right. It's like a panini. Panini bread. That's what I'm trying to get you guys. This guy is I like it. I think we got a good Darius guys. This guy is nothing compared to Gary's Darius guys. Anyways, they will have Chris Thompson coming in the third down. 
but I think Geis is going to be a great pick. I believe you got to fire him up in all leagues, and I think he could be one of your... Honestly, this is crazy to say, but he... I don't think he would match Zeke's rookie year, but I think he could come probably about 50 points short of Zeke's rookie year, which is a hell of a fantasy season. Okay, Jake. Saquon Barkley is the unanimous number one rookie running back, right? I think we can all agree on that, correct? Correct. Do we like, do you like Darius Geist to finish as the number two rookie running back this season in fantasy? Yes, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind. I'll 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 take that bet. Okay, so let's look at it this way. The Redskins have not run the ball very well over the past few years, right? We have not seen them uh, really run the ball. I don't think we've ha- we've had. I will have to look at this. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to be wrong on this, but Alfred Morris is the last person that comes to mind as a solidified a thousand yard rusher. Uh, somebody that was, I think, well over a thousand yards. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, his rookie year, he had a, he went insane, and then kind of did doing much after that okay so let's say if if, uh, do we think that do we think that Darius Geis is a shoe-in for say 220 plus carries uh just to give you a little idea Mark Ingram 230 carries last year Lamar Miller 238 Carlos Hyde 240 um do you do we think that he's that kind of a workhorse is he going to get over 200 225 carries in year one they didn't draft him that high not to use him okay I think he, I honestly do think he could get that kind of workload. Okay, that would put him in the top fifteen among among carries. Uh, I agree. I'm I'm with you, Jake. I think he they drafted him that high for a reason. I think he's really talented. Alex Smith came out and said that he sees no weaknesses in his game. Take that for what it's worth. Um, probably doesn't mean and well, I don't know. That's the kind of camp news that Pat always talks about that. You don't care about, right, Pat? <laughs> like yep. the, the good uh, stuff I like mean, that. Alex Smith come out. Who's it going to come out and go? Oh man, he's about the worst running back I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, my brother was a better running back than guys. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that's how we feel about uh, positive he news in the training camp. Locker room chemistry. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, uh, all right, J- or Jake, anything else you wanted to add to that or are you gonna let no i made my argument let let that dude go nicely done (laughs) nicely done all right pat you're up all right let me tell you what i think about guys this guy came into the draft one of the most hyped guys coming out not even new people that were thinking about putting him pat you've already you've already said that i'm sorry to interrupt you've already said that your brother's a better running back than right well my brother hasn't gone in the draft yet <laughs> next he's year. still he's still he's still in college yeah next okay. year he's coming out okay but, uh, so this guy coming out you know is one of the most hyped players i even like we're hearing scouts that wanted to put him above barkley which is just nuts but you know what i think i think that is going to remain all potential i don't think this guy is going to realize what people think about him he i don't really think that this team honestly is going to be very good as a whole they, uh, I mean, the Washington, they lost a lot. You know, well, they lost Kirk Cousins. You got to bring Alex Smith in, who isn't a bad quarterback in his own right, but I don't think he's a guy who's going to be able to carry a team. The only wide receiver they got there with any type of proven ability is Crowder. And, I mean, what are you going to just get out of one slot receiver? 
Jordan Reed can barely even walk out of the locker room without stubbing a toe. <laughs> I don't see how this offense is going to be very good, and I don't think the line is even is that good either. We've seen this this Washington team draft running back after running back after running back who had all this this potential, and every time they're not good. I think this is just a, I think this is kind of an organizational problem. I think this is a line problem. I don't think it's going to be fixed by Geis, and I don't un, not to mention the fact that you got Chris Thompson there who's going to be in there for every single third down. I don't think you're going to be able to replace him. He might get injured eventually, but I don't think Geis can replace that kind of workload, and I don't see him catching a lot of passes. So in a PPR league, I do not think he's going to return the kind of value you're going to hope out of him. Although I don't think he will be a complete bust. I think he'll get the workload. I just don't know if he can get you wide running back to value. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, boy, guys, just making it tough on me. Pat, I'm going to have to give you a 2-1 advantage because of your passion again. I really liked it, even though I still think I'm actually kind of leaning more on Jake's side that I think that that Darius Geis, they drafted him that high for a reason and the workload's going to be there. But I, I actually kind of have my concerns, too, for some of the reasons that you pointed out, particularly the Redskins line and that offense. We don't, I don't know if it's going to be that good either. I don't know if they're going to have that good of a team. Are, I don't think enough people are talking about how bad that team could be. Yeah, they could you be know? really bad. They could be bringing I up the, the... Last year, but I don't see any... I don't Like, Doxon, you know, he's never shown it. They don't have really any good wide receivers there that could really make an impact besides Crowder, and can he do it all by himself? I doubt it. I'm with you. I'm going to give you the point advantage there, Pat. 2-1. Big C's with be. the lead. We're going into our fourth guy now. Jake, you're going to have to step it up here, buddy, if you're going to want to tie this thing up and force a sudden death. And if we're going to force a sudden death, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have to draw a fifth name out of a hat to give you guys so you can uh so we can determine a winner cuz we can't walk away from this thing even up 2-2. I mean, that's just wrong in every sense of the word of you know competition Frank Stalker. So it's just terrible we it would be terrible i would have to shut down the podcast if we left this thing 2-2 and i really don't want to do that because i enjoy doing this so we're gonna we're gonna have to break the tie if jake can come through uh with you know the fourth guy here and even it up is jake even there anymore i think he might have left he's so scared i don't know i'm here all right, uh, he's the just, decision it baffles me but he's fuming let's move on <laughs> Okay, all right. Royce Freeman is our number four guy. He's going sixth, uh, sixth overall in the fifth round is his current ADP, fifty fifth overall. Pat, we've gone back and forth on who starts here, so I'm going to give you the floor on Royce Freeman to start off our final round here, potentially our final round. Go ahead. All right, so Royce Freeman, you know, real quick before I start this, can you tell me who he's going around? Who's going right before him? Who's going right after him? I I can. Uh, I'm gonna have to dock you points for this though for not being prepared. That's God, hey, that's fine. I told you, man. My, I forgot my my uh, charger at uh, work. So yeah, well, Jake, that's kind of, that's fine. I'm gonna blow you away with this argument that I don't even I won't even need those extra points. I don't know. Jake's off to a good start here. Let me pull yeah, up. That's, yeah, that's what he says about his fantasy team every single year. <laughs> and then he goes drafting three guys from the same team. Yeah. Not drafting. He traded for one. Royce Freeman. Or, or, do you just want to know what running backs he's going or, or where at altogether? In general, just, just give me the, the three above and three below. 
Uh, three above him, Ronald Jones, Jimmy Graham, or I'm sorry, Larry Fitzgerald, Ronald Jones, Jimmy Graham. Um, this is in a, let, let me pull up PPR. I don't, I don't want to look yeah, at not, not, I don't want to look at not. About stupid. <laughs> That's how we feel about not. anybody plays in a standard league. All right, right. I'm intervening. This is bullshit. You're taking too long. This is hold, on, Anyways, hold on. No, hold on. Hold on. Hang on. Hey, no, no. Order in the court. Wait, wait. I'm slamming the gavel. I'm slamming my laptop. Stop it. Unbelievable. I'm I'm taking charge here. This is Pat's floor for right now. Okay. Uh, three ahead of Royce Freeman in a PPR league. Ronald Jones, Alshon Jeffrey, Jamie Graham. Three behind him, Chris Hogan, Rashad Penny, Deion Lewis. All right. I, I would prefer all of those guys besides Penny to... to uh, Over. Yeah, that's a good way to start. <laughs> well, this is You're looking arguing. like it's going to go 2 2. Yeah, I, I actually am going to see this argument because it's stupid. That's Pat, I don't know if anybody would take those. Pat, it's the first inning. You're on the mound, and you're already down 7 nothing. That's yeah, how bad I, this those is. Those were box. All this, of those. Were <laughs> dude, you, you just gave up two 80 yard drives to start the game. So uh, you better. Find a way to make a comeback. Yeah, really, though, let me let me give at least a good argument for this guy, man. He, I think they they uh, they. I really don't think that Booker is a is a guy who's really going to compete. We've we've seen what this guy has. I would much rather go with Royce Freeman. This is a guy who I liked coming out of the draft, and this offense could really be something. You know, Case Keenum had a really good year last year. They have good wide receivers, even better backed up by Sutton, who I've heard is having a great camp. And I think this is a guy who could, you know, be, be uh, getting a lot of touchdowns coming his way if, if he can get lucky and they, you know, stall on the one or something. So I really do like his, uh, his, uh, his chances. Okay. Is that all? Wow. Yep, that's it. Like I said. Get lucky. Pat, it – it's like the second inning now. You're still on the mound. You've gone one and a third innings. The only reason the manager still left you out there is because he knows this is the last start before you're sent to the minors. So those six earned runs that you've given up to this point, well, you're about to take those to the AAA level, buddy, because uh, not not great. Not a great start. But, Jake, I want to no. hear – I still want to hear what you have to say because, well, I mean – I don't know. We could. It could be worse than that. All right. Let me paint this picture like Picasso for you. <laughs> Picasso! All right. So we can look at this situation about the Broncos. That Freeman, it's a bad team. It's a bad O-line, a bad quarterback. I'm comparing this guy. And this guy even had more talent than Royce Freeman. We're looking at a... Joe Mixon situation from last year came in all this hype Mixon's going to get all these carries blah 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 here we go and he's not even first on the depth chart walking in the season and Mixon had twice the talent of Royce Freeman I'm seeing a 50-50 split early on and possibly Royce Freeman getting maybe a 60-40 split by the end of the season Booker they're still going to keep Booker and all these guys all these teams, if your running back is not Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Zeke, it's almost a 50-50, 60-40 split every time. And the Broncos are going to be bad. They're not going to be running the ball much. And also, 
they got a tough division to play in, playing the Chargers twice. They got a, they, the matchups are bad. I'm not taking this guy where he's going. All right, guys. So, Pat, man, I just wish you would have put more into that argument personally and had a little bit more to back it up. Yeah. Because I'm not a big fan. I'm honestly not, not a big fan of Freeman. You know, I think I he agree with Jake on this argument. I I actually would rather have Booker at the price. Just going too early for me right now. But you know, I had to make the argument, man. It, you don't always get to go on the side you agree with and debate. Oh well, that's so. okay. All right, fair enough. But I I I think Royce Freeman has a good shot to be a three down back. I just don't know when it's going to be. I actually really don't like Devonte Booker at all. I think we've. He's gotten his shot, and he hasn't done anything with it. Um, Jake, I, I'm going to give you. I, I got to give you the point here, uh, mainly because all you had to do was show up to beat Pat on this yeah, on this argument. But I but, agree. But, I bunted. I made sure I didn't strike out. But yeah. I, even though I, I, I'll I'll reflect on my last comment first. The fact I, I did say that hey, I think that Freeman has the chance to be a three down back, right? And I think that eventually he's going to be that. But, Jake, I'll agree with you that it's going to be a split, right? And we don't know how good we don't know how good the Broncos are going to be. They're bad last year. Um, we think that Case Keenum— Yeah, they had about the worst two quarterbacks. Well, well, well let's—but but wait. We think Case Keenum is an upgrade, but is he? He had one good year. One good year. He's, I would say pretty much anybody. Most second quarterbacks would have an upgrade from. Okay, well, anybody anybody in the history of the NFL is, a, is an upgrade over Brock Osweiler. We can agree with that. Anybody. I would. I would. I would rather have. Osweiler's mother would be better than him. At, I. <laughs> I would rather have Landry Jones than Brock Osweiler a hundred times. Oh, me too. Um, but uh, yeah, so. I, I agree with you there. I think that – what was I talking about? Maybe lose my train of thought talking about Case Keenum or Brock Osweiler's mom. That, <laughs> you're about to ask Kaiser or, or Osweiler. No, uh, that's not that's not what we're talking about at all. So, Jake, I'm, I'm, I am going to lean with you here that I do think it's going to be that split like we talked about. Um, they're going to give Devontae Booker a, a decent chance here. So when when you're drafting, just to, to curve this thing back to advice for our listeners, when you're drafting, I you can get Devontae Booker at a pretty good value right now. I'll take a look at where he's currently going. It, much, much later than Royce Freeman. I would agree with you there that at, at Freeman's current, you know, his current ADP in the fifth round, I don't like that either because we're really unsure of what he's going to be. We think that he has the ability and the upside to be, at least I do, to be that three down back and to be the starter at some point this season. But we're not sure when it's going to be. And I, I'm i kind of in that same boat with him as I am Marlon Mack, where I just don't know uh, exactly how I feel about it. So I'm going to give you the point there, Jake. We're going to go 2-2. Did we just lose somebody? I thought I heard somebody click off. I'm here. Okay, cool. Pat, you still there? We might have. We might have actually lost Pat. No, I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, just, just in my corner crying after that terrible showing. All right, two, two. I'm gonna bring it down to this. Let me take a look at my notes. So far, we have discussed Alvin Kamara, Jarek McKinnon, Darius Geis, and Royce Freeman. Pat, I'm gonna put one of your guys on the table right now. Because Ooh, that's how, that's what I like. Because because no, I, I'm just putting your guy that you had in the not not a chance, uh, 
section here. Uh, we're going to have to table that, by the way, because we're getting a little bit late here. So we're going to make this the last thing for tonight, guys. Deshaun Watson. We're going to put this as the fifth and final deciding factor. Neither of you guys had a chance to do a ton of research, but that's fine because we're going to put you I'm, both on the spot. So I'm a gamer. So, Jake, I'm going to give you the option here. Which side of the coin would you like to argue for Deshaun Watson? Do you like him? with his current fourth-round ADP, or are you leaning on the other side? Do you Would you like to uh, argue the other way about it? Would you like to take him a little bit later? I would definitely like to take him a little bit later. I think he's being hyped up too much, not playing as many games. I think, once again, we've stated many times on this podcast already the fact that teams are going to start seeing film of him, seeing the way he looks at wide receivers, and I think he's going to have... He's not going to have the season he had last year, and I think he's getting drafted way too high for what I think. You know, you can get a Drew Brees, you can get possibly now even an Andrew Luck in later rounds that is going to have a better season than Deshaun Watson. It is crazy to me that Drew Brees is going after Deshaun Watson at this moment in time. Okay, thirty seconds, Pat. Take it on the other side. Why should we be so hyped about? Deshaun Watson, why should he be going in the fourth round? Why should he be going as the second quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers? Now, let me tell you that I agree with Jake here. I wouldn't take him where he's at. But That's fine. I think, we all agree. Awesome. I think we all agree. Wait, but for, tell you, for our listeners' sake, explain oh, yeah. why, why the upside is, is there. Awesome. Let me tell you what is awesome about Deshaun Watson. This guy is electric, man. Like, this guy, he can throw the ball. He's, he showed amazing deep accuracy last year with a guy I actually don't like either with Will Fuller. This guy was just, just catching touchdowns. That's all he did. He would sit on the bench, and if the coach didn't call him a touchdown play, he'd be like, nah, I ain't going in. And he has one of the arguably the best uh, wide receiver in the league, Hopkins. This guy is insane. He goes and gets it, the ball anywhere, runs amazing routes. He's going to be at most corners – on every single play, pretty much always open. You got a good, good, decent running back, Lamar Miller, who actually was just was lighting it up whenever Deshaun Watson was playing. And this guy, even he even gives you that dimension with his legs. He's going to run for a lot of yards as well. You know, he'll get you those 40, 50 yards a game. And, yo, as a quarterback, getting those extra five points is freaking golden. I'll tell you, I had this guy. I actually had Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson on my team last year for a week or two. Luckily, I just traded for Russell Wilson right before Deshaun Watson went down, but I was starting Deshaun Watson every single week. He was like fantasy gold mine. He was was easily the number one quarterback over that stretch, and he could do it again. I don't, I wouldn't bet on it this this year, like with for that price on his ADP. But man, he is an exciting player. If you got him last year in Dynasty, you congratulations. Okay. To decide this from both sides of the coin. Pat, I love the enthusiasm. That was great. Jake, I enjoyed your take of it because I, I feel similar to that. I think we all do. Um, oh, yeah. But I, but I liked your points about, hey, there, there's some other quarterbacks. We can take him later because we, we I think we feel that, that there are other quarterbacks that are potentially going to overshadow him. Uh, and and be bigger fantasy contributors, bigger fantasy players than Deshaun Watson at the quarterback position. We've only seen him play seven games. So keep that in mind, everybody, that, hey, this is a guy that, as as electric as he was, as Pat mentioned, 
and all the we- he has good weapons around him for the most part, and he clicked with them last season in that short time. That hey, it was just a short time. You you have to keep that in mind. We he's torn his ACL now twice, once in college and once last year. Granted, it was different knees, but uh, it's something to something to certainly consider. That I, I'm just ready to pump the brakes a little bit on Deshaun Watson, Pat. I have to penalize you a little bit because you went far over the time after I clearly said you have 30 seconds. Jake took 30 seconds, and you took about a minute and a half. Uh, That's all right. I was just so pumped I know you are. And I, ability that I didn't help myself. I appreciate that, but I like people who follow the rules. So Jake is our winner of the fantasy courtroom. Congratulations, Jake. Anything you'd like to say to uh, your fans out there? No, I'd just like to say justice prevails. <laughs> and that is all. All right. I love it. I love it. Thanks, guys. That was fun. Okay. We have to wrap it up, though. We're uh, we're way over. I always do this, but we just love talking about fantasy football so, so much. It's right around the corner. The big, all the, the big slate of games is tomorrow, so we're pumped about that. But drafts are coming up. I just did want to mention to our listeners out there before we sign off for the night that we are doing a fantasy football a podcast league. So it's going to be, I'm hope, hoping to shoot for a 14-man PPR league. We have had some interest so far from people, so spots are filling up. If you're interested, DM me on Twitter. Uh, you can also hit us up, pad the stats on Instagram, Facebook, um, uh, Snapchat. So we have some places that you can get a hold of us if you're interested in playing. But uh, but yeah, guys, let's um, shoot for. We're gonna, we actually have. I just released the schedule last week to the guys. We're gonna have another podcast on Sunday. But until then, enjoy the games tomorrow, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Have a great night. Bye bye.